good thing we didn't say anything important. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had such a good flow going. That's sad. Okay, now we're recording. Okay, fine. Now I hit the record button. Now it's welcome <laughs> to the fifth episode of Beer and Fear. Now, now we can introduce the episode. talking about facebook likes and trying to trying to get more people uh, involved and seeing what we're doing and more people exposed to you know our new episodes and releasing a new episode every week and um because unfortunately without likes without uh, you know that online presence no one's gonna know you exist no one's gonna know you do this except if it's just through word of mouth like from your friends and you know if your friends tell their friends only travels so far yeah, that only does go so far. So, um, we celebrated last week with tequila shots for getting 200 likes on Facebook, but we were just remarking that it's not about the likes. It's not about the numbers. No. Not about the stats. Never. It's about just, you know, trying to reach more people, as, as many people as we can. Oh, I was going to say it's about shooting the shit on a podcast with my best friend, but okay. I mean, at the core, yeah, <laughs> I guess uh, <laughs> I guess you're right. At, at the, you know... That that's really what this uh, podcast is about—just getting together and catching up and talking about cool Keep stuff. Straight. And I'm so tired. Yeah, I, don't know where I am this is going. too. I'm very sleepy. Um, oh, we didn't introduce ourselves. We're all over the place. That's okay. Is, are we rusty? Is your vacation making you rusty? It's it's fine. I've just I've given up hope of any sort of structure. Nah, come on, let's you know. nail some consistency here. <laughs> Uh, this, yeah, this is episode five. Um, my name is Zach. My name is Paige. And thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, like Paige said, I am back from my vacation in Mm -hmm. Michigan. Um, I had a lot of fun. He said he brought me things. I told him. Oh yeah. I have, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun because Paige gets to open and and unpack and check out some, a lot of cool shit that I got for her. I don't understand why. The same reason you hate when I get you gifts. Oh, my mom's calling. Hold on. Oh, hi, Martha. So apparently I'm a part-time car mechanic. Uh, yes. As a I, son, you are. I wasn't aware of mm-hmm. until just five minutes ago. No, my dad is a part-time uh, Geek Squad member for my grandfather. So oh, yeah? Yes. Yeah, I think. well, I think I'm one of those, too. Um, as am I. Yeah, every now and then. For my mother. <clears throat> Tech support. And uh, automotive issues, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. everyone knows I'm I'm a pro at both of those things. I honestly didn't know you knew anything about cars whatsoever. <sighs> I know. I just assumed you didn't. I know elementary knowledge of how a battery works, and that's about it. Um, where was I? Uh, oh God! It's been ten minutes already. Uh, I got yeah. I got back from got back from vacation. I had a lot of fun. I was there for uh, what about six days. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. I uh, got to go to the beach. I got to go swimming. Um, oh, I went to this um, this really cool overlook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, a, a, obviously, a photograph of it. And it, it's just insane because you climb up this huge hill and then they have this, um, this sort of little uh, shelter type area where you can look over 
pretty pretty much see the entire coast, um, the west coast of uh, Ludington. I was blown away. I walked all the way up there, and it's like, I don't think I've ever been that high in the air before, except on an airplane. Hmm. Yeah. It was beautiful. Um, a lot Your of, mother sent you a text. A lot of, yep, a lot of scenery, a lot of outdoor stuff. Um, I went kayaking for the first time. Shit, look at you. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I visited my favorite brewery out there. Uh, I went to the Harborview Marina out there. Um, we did go to a winery. I bought a lot of wine. If you look behind you, my bar is now completely stocked. Oh, shit, it is. Full of wine. Look at you. I'm very happy that my entire bar is now stocked uh, completely full of Michigan wine. Sexy. Um, I love it. If you're ever in Michigan, you got to check out a winery. There's, they're abundant out there. Um, oh gosh. Okay, thank you. Yep. Bye. What a harrowing event. <clears throat> yeah, sounds like a battery thing. Where were we again? Got back from Michigan. I had fun. It was a good time. It was a nice escape from everything. And I, I, I uh, brought you a lot of stuff back. Yes, so. that's what we were talking about. I'm upset. Upsetty spaghetti. Now I have to go to another state and get Why you gifts. Why are you upset? You should be excited. I okay, don't this is, uh, like when you get me you gifts. <laughs> okay, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a robot. It is a robot. Um, but yeah, it's one of those penny things where you, you know go to the zoo and put a penny in and then you turn the crank and it, you know. And that's from, um, that's from this place, Cosmic Candy Company. Cosmic Candy Company. Do you think people actually collect those? Like the? Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure there's someone out there that collects those rolled pennies. Oh, my God. That sounds so good. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Oh, he got me loaded baked potato popcorn. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. There's this really good uh, candy store in Pentwater, and they sell and make their own uh, flavored popcorn. So I also, just like I bought too much wine, I also bought too much popcorn. So that's one of my favorites. I bought a bag of that for myself, too. A little so baked potato is really me. good. You should try... Um... He just darted off like a little deer. Whoa, God. You should try this. What is that? If it's hot, I don't want it. It's not. Oh, Hawaiian. See, it looks like it would be hot. So I'm not kidding. They make... Um... <laughs> They make uh, a lot of really, really good popcorn. You walk in and it's just a wall of different flavored popcorn. Why does it taste so different? It is. It's strange. What right? is it supposed to be? It's like a sort of pineapple-y sweet thing. Mm. See, look at it. And every single one of those columns is a different flavor. Oh, that's cool. They make like really sweet stuff, really chocolatey flavors, this. berry flavors. Uh, that load of baked potato is one of my favorites. So. I'm definitely trying this. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't have skizzies. Oh, you don't? Here, um... Oh. Oh, oh. We're using our teeth. There we go. One of the worst things you can do for your teeth. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for sacrificing your oral health for me. Oh, dangerously good. Yeah, that is some good popcorn. Uh, Pentwater popcorn is the name of it. Made in... The Mitten. Established 2006. Cosmic Candy Company in Pentwater, Michigan is where you can get this really good popcorn. Another store in uh, Pentwater. What is this? 
Why do you do this to me? Stop loving me. <laughs> oh, that's heavy. Oh my god, is it fudge? It's fudge. Mm-hmm. I love fudge. Got you some fudge. There's um <laughs> He's so good to me. Do you like uh, toffee? Because that's covered in toffee. I hope you like toffee. I do like toffee. Uh, the marshmallowy one mm-hmm. is actually mine. Mm. I bought some for me to take. Um, but that giant brick of toffee I'm very excited fudge that's for in this. there is all for you. You're so good to me. Mm-hmm. I love Old you so Post. much. I um I bought actually some uh, bean coffee, coffee beans oh. from there too. Um, bean coffee. Bean some bean coffee. Mm-hmm. They make uh, really good coffee too in house. I'm so excited. Um, I love going there. And then fuel fuel my fatness. Mm-hmm. Oh God, you got me. Why why do you do? Ooh, fancy. Yeah, that one's from her. Oh, I love her so she much. She wanted to get you something, too, for um, watching the cats. She's so cute. Mm-hmm, right? Ooh. I love your cats. <laughs> as soon as I walked in the door, Mars was just like, mm, who's this? I've been cleaning up the hairball. It was oh, yeah, magical. Sorry. <laughs> I laughed at the um, catnip. They totally <laughs> broke into the catnip. <laughs> Those little drug addicts. That's funny. Ooh. Yeah, I hope that's good. Ooh, tell your mom I said thank it you. It sounds good. Yep, I will. Um, I feel so spoiled. That's a really good winery, too, St. Julian's. You can buy St. I feel Julian's. Like you brought back something from St. Julian's before. The last winery I went to uh, last time I was out there was uh, St. Julian Winery. We brought a lot of St. Julian wine home. I remember this. Um, but you can. St. Julian is one of the um, Michigan wineries that most people in Illinois can buy. You can buy locally, they distribute. <laughs> Um, you know, farther mm. outside of Michigan than mm-hmm. most wineries out there do. But, um, yeah, came home with a lot of wine, came home with a lot of popcorn. Um, came home with a lot of gifts. A lot of sunburn, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm needing to see the I'm burn. I'm very red. Um, so what I, what I, well, you can't. Oh, mm. no. It looked a lot worse than, Like a crispy you know, piece of bacon. But look at. Oh, your poor tummy. My whole, my whole torso. Is like, <laughs> I want to slap it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was really bad uh, a couple oh. days after. Okay, so what I did, I knew I, I mean I'm white as a ghost, so I burn. Mm-hmm. I don't tan. No. Nope. In order for me to tan and you know try to tan at all, I need to burn first. Um, mm-hmm. But I knew this, and I knew I was going to the beach, and I knew I was going to go swimming. So I just I doused myself in sunscreen. And then I went and I sunbathed for a little bit and it was fine. Mm-hmm. But then I wanted to go swimming. So then I went swimming and then I got out of the water and then I sat in the sun for a little bit longer. That was the mistake. Um, Foolish. Yeah. So that's how I got so red and I'm already, already peeling. peeling. And I, I got sunburned. I don't know if you can see right here on mm-hmm. my nose. There's a little red dot on my nose. Oh, I do. Right there. Mm-hmm. It's under my nose. How? I don't think anyone's ever been sunburned there before. How do you do these things? Can you sunburn your lips too? Because I think I, I feel like you should be able to. Your be, lips are skin. Uh huh. A little, <laughs> a little burnt. And then a little crispy. Just, just this ear and the inside of this ear. I can see that. Yeah, it's a Whoa. lot, a lot more red than this one. Oh boy. I didn't quite center myself on this yeah, side no, you when know, I went no. to the beach. You're a crispy man. <laughs> it was bad, but I. It was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it thoroughly, uh, but I'm also happy to be back. Um, because uh, normalcy is somewhat comforting, too. I'm just glad you took time away from work, finally. Yes. It was definitely uh, long overdue. Mm-hmm. So I had fun. How were things with you since I was gone? I missed you. I missed you, too. I was thinking about 
don't know. There were a few. I feel like every every vacation. I don't know if anyone else can relate, but every vacation I've been on, there have been times where it's like, man, I wish I were just home and just relaxing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter how much I, en- I enjoy that particular vacation that I'm on, like I said, it's it's somewhat comforting just knowing that you're you're home and you can relax on a wine at your own house. But sometimes you got to get away. So, yeah, I was thinking about uh, thinking about you and you know thinking about Eric and my my friends back home and. Want to come back and just chill and relax? Um, I missed you a lot too. Mm-hmm. How are things? Um, eh, works just work I'm a little slow. I mean, the weekends are busy. Um, nothing eventful there. Oh, I um, accidentally let a couple birds out. <laughs> At work? So, you know how there's like those the bird hut, like it's it's an enclosed area in which you go to catch the bird and you feed the birds. It's they're separate cages inside okay. of a, a hut. Mm-hmm. With a locked door. So we got a new one in. A uh, real fancy one. Mm. But they did not ship the roof. <laughs> yes. And my lovely store manager, whom I, I love him very much. He's, he's a sweet little crazy old man. Well, actually, take out the sweet part. He's just a crazy old man. <laughs> um, <laughs> and my coworkers who listen to this know what I'm talking about. <laughs> decided we should put the birds out on the floor so people know that we have them so we can sell them. And we'll just catch them with our hands. Me, me being person who cannot catch birds with my hands and usually has to catch them within the hut because they're little sneaky babies, let two birds out. <laughs> and they're just hanging out in the store. <laughs> they keep following me around. I think they think that I'm part parakeet because my hair's green and they're green and... <laughs> I think they're just taunting me. You just had birds flying around the store now, just yeah, in the just open? Yeah, they're just hanging out. <laughs> What's bound to happen? You got birds with wings. What do you expect? They're going to stay on the ground. We don't clip their wings. That's pretty great. It's cruel. I, well, I guess it's not really cruel. <laughs> I think that's um, like every uh, kid's fantasy. They first walk into a pet store, like they imagine just animals everywhere, yes. just roaming free. Yes. Um, and then the cold, hard reality sets in. I kind of want to experience that. I want to visit you now so I can see these birds. They're just hanging out. I'm, I need to give them names. <laughs> How are you going to get them? Oh, it, they always come back. They need food. Oh, yeah. We just leave out cages with food in it, and they just go to it and catch them. But you're still allowing to have them roam until you get a roof for this. What am I going to do? <laughs> Grab them out of thin air? It just happens organically. So right now it's just very natural in the store. <laughs> there's a lot. It, there's just a lot of chirping. Just by a customer. Yes. It's like, oh shit! What was that? There's oh, a lot just of our birds. We yeah, have birds here. I don't know birds. if you knew. <laughs> there's a lot of chirping. It's very peaceful. Very nice. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Well, I mean, other than that, I mean, I'm behaving for the most part. Behaving. Yeah, for the most part. Depression's a bitch, Zachary. Mm-hmm. I feel you. It's a good time. I think you need a vacation. I'm taking vacation in October. You going anywhere special? No. No, I don't ever Staycation? go anywhere. Staycation. Stay How long? Home. I'm taking like a week and a half. Ooh, what week of October? Um, The last week, I think. Because I am also taking a vacation in October. Ah! It is also the last week of October. I'm going to be off... From what well, my last day of vacation is going to be the thirty first. Okay. So I'm going to be gone for like a week and a half. Are you looking forward to your vacation come I'm, October? I'm looking forward to October. So far away. Day. No, it's not. It's already the end of August. It seems so far away. Nah, 
you're looking at the glass half full, right? Half empty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're very pessimistic right now. Well, the rest of this year is kind of flown by. Yeah, I'm I looking at like. it in the perspective of it's almost the end of 2020. Yeah. Woo! Finally. Well, we're not gonna be done with this pandemic. <laughs> I think it's gonna last. Oh, I don't want to talk about well, it. Well, into the beginning of 2021. Every goddamn conversation is about it, and I don't want to talk yeah. about it because yep. it's depressing. Yeah. And it's reality. Yeah, it sucks. And that's not why people listen to this podcast. That's. Uh, yeah, I only brought that up because that's. I guess that's what makes it feel like this year's gone by so quickly. Mm. Is because I feel like most people haven't really been doing much of anything or just kind of been focusing on work or, you know, no. school, you know. Pretty so much. It's uh, crazy. But yeah, I've just been working. Working and maybe possibly getting another animal. <laughs> I'm not even going to stop you anymore. I'm not even going to say, <laughs> I'm just going to stop trying. Well, one of my coworkers, I'm trying to convince her to give me her two cockatiels. Oh, I think you told me about that. I love cockatiels. I wanted birds for a while, yeah, too. I wanted frogs for a while, too. <clears throat> yeah, I did. Uh, but I wanted birds first. Because birds are... You look up those videos online of birds, like, talking and just being ridiculous. Aren't they funny? I really want to eat some of this fudge. They're, yeah, go right ahead. Yes. It's yours. Um, but um, they're hilarious. But then, okay. then you realize that they're just so fucking annoying. Hey. They can be... Like middle of the night, and they'll wake your ass up and just start talking to you. Dogs and, wake up in the middle of the night too. Well, I feel like birds are a lot more obnoxious. I think you're just. And then they're they fly around birdist. the house and they poop. If you let them out and Dogs do that stuff, poop around your house too. Cats poop in a box and tell you to clean it. Well, cats poop in one place. Dogs generally poop outside. So, I don't know. Birds birds just seem like a little much. I love my bird. But this is coming from... My canary, Lemon Zest, she's an angel. Lemon Zest. (laughs) This is coming from someone with zero pets versus someone with 14 pets. So two very different perspectives. Mm -hmm. How's that fudge? It's really good. Yeah, they have really good fudge. I do love fudge. I'm happy. Ah, My Um, fudge! Just uh, make sure you save that... I'm not touching the marshmallow one. That that, that side for me. Um, I don't even like marshmallows. This this is kind of all over all over the place. Let's, well, let's, let's get go into, into it. it. Episode five is what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Episode five is kidnappings. Yes. And I picked the beer. This one, I um, I want a little tongue in cheek with it. Okay. <laughs> the beer I picked is called Candy Crushable. I was thinking, kidnapping. Don't take candy from strangers. <laughs> Okay, all right. I can I can get behind it. I think you should appreciate that I go for the connections. It's from 18th Street Brewing Company, which was founded in 2010 by Drew Fox, originally as a home brewery. After their first release, they purchased an old dry cleaners in Gary, Indiana. Then they quickly outgrew that and purchased a 32,000-square-foot warehouse in Hammond, Indiana. So they're quartered in Hammond, Indiana right now. Their quarters are in Hammond. They are quartered in Hammond. It's a unfiltered pale ale with an ABV of 5.5%, so it's not that high compared to the, mm-hmm. some of the stuff we've drank before. Uh, and then for the description of the beer from the brewery, it says, Made in collaboration with North Down Cafe and Taproom. This beautiful beer is rounded out with flake dotes and lactose sugar, Simcoe, and Falconer's Flight Hops. And then, whoop, from Beer Advocate, since I love those <laughs> so much. 
This one is from Tsar Riga, which is like, you know, like the Tsar from like Russia. Oh, yeah. I felt like that. Okay. Interesting. Tsar Riga. Appearance wise, it pours a hazy copper color with white head, moderate with some amount of persistence, which I'm eager to taste that persistence. And small bubble lacing. I feel like the persistence will be forward mm, in yes, this brew. Yes, very persistent. Uh, the scent is slight fruit, mostly citrus, with strong pine and hop notes. The front is tart fruit and hop resin. Hush, or I'm sorry, hush, lush and full. Mm. Hush. Shh. Yes, don't talk beer. The middle softens, bringing forward cracker and toast malt notes and a finish that is a slow fade with just a hint of bitterness, which contrasts with what you might expect from the big smack of hops in the open. Moderate weight with brisk carbonation and a mildly dry finish and just a slight weight of risen. A quite drinkable hop forward, solid flavor, good feel. And you said what kind of pale ale is this? Unfiltered. An unfiltered pale ale? Yeah. I don't know if I've ever heard of uh, a pale ale described as unfiltered. I'm not quite sure what that means. Do you? I don't either. Okay. I didn't look into it because I didn't care. Good. We can both be unaware together. Perfect. Go get that beer, buddy, while I eat more fudge. Okay, don't forget this time, this beer is going home with you. Fine. Um, because my fridge has uh, just become overgrown with... Overrun. Uh, bottles. I, I like to imagine them growing in there just because they're so mm-hmm. prolific and... Got it. Um, literally falling out of my fridge every time I open it. All of our bottles and cans of beer that we've been accumulating since episode one. Um, I managed to uh, to drink the last of um, uh, the beer from episode two, Stranger oh, the Fiction. Wow. If you follow us on Instagram... Oh, hey, can I get one of those bat squatches from you? I want my dad to try it. Yes. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see um, a cameo of, of uh, that beer. Hmm. <laughs> I've never had a beer with sugar in it. Like lactose sugar added. I'm sure that there's sugar in beer, but like, oh. like extra sugar. You know what I mean? If that makes sense to anybody, I don't know beer. It, yeah, that is strange. I've never seen that on a beer before. Pale but I really love the art. Added. I think it's really cool. That is super cool. It's a bunch of um, fake teeth, like the little wind-up ones, the jawbreakers, and they're eating. Yeah, like the candy necklaces and peppermint mint things, and it is a cool design. Pale ale with lactose sugar added. I'm curious. It's the sound of curiosity. Oh, it smells really good. It smells like a grapefruit. Can you be proud of my pour? Solid pour. Yay! Oh, we gotta... We gotta... Clink before you drink. Yes. It smells really good. Okay. Not what I was expecting at all. That's good. Oh. I'm trying to find more things to say other than, that's good. Mm -hmm. Every time we try a new beer on this show. But, uh... I always... I hate hate sounding this way, but... I hate sounding pretentious. Mm Mm-hmm. But I always like when you try beers that there's always such a distinct difference between each of them. Even if it's like an IPA or... Oh, yeah. There's such... You can taste what they're actually mm-hmm. talking about. Well, one thing, too, that I I didn't really think of... Um, it's very it, smooth. Yeah. A beer advocate 
wh- whatever their name was. I forget now. Um, Saw Riga. Saw Riga. Yep. Said it was very drinkable and they were right. It is very It is. Drinkable. It's one of those beers that you could keep sipping. Mm-hmm. For me, you know, I've mentioned this many times before that I don't like IPAs. This, even though the description was that it was very hoppy, the hop is just kind of like a bitter bite when you swallow and then you don't really notice it. Well, um, yeah, for for as much as the description talked about its hops um, and it being a pale ale, I wasn't expecting. I mean, it is low on... Uh, the ABV is is lower on this beer, so I guess that um, is what kind of makes it much more drinkable. Mm-hmm. I would say less less harsh and intense. Uh, but as much as it talked about hops, I definitely, like I said, wasn't expecting that out of this beer. It is very um, fruit forward, very easy to sip and enjoy. Um, but yeah, you you were you were mentioning how every every beer. It can taste completely different yep. from beer to beer and different styles of beer. And much like wine, um, beer, the same type of beer, like uh, whenever this was brewed, maybe this year, um, Candy Crushable, it might t- taste different this year than it than it did last year and the year before and the year before that. So just like wines and they have their different vintages, the different vintages of the same style of wine and the same way that it's made will result in a completely different taste. That's why um, you'll see a lot of the times on Beer Advocate that people will put the date of when it was bottled and mm-hmm. when they drank it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because a lot uh, affects the the taste of the beer is, is um, where the hops were grown and what time of the year the hops were grown and what the weather and climate was like when the hops were grown and, and all of the other stuff that goes in the beer. And it, it, it's so much beyond the ingredients and the process that, that, that it takes to make it. Um, the ingredients definitely have a big factor in, in how that beer tastes and they can change from year to year with the same type of brew. So Mm -hmm. this is so good. I like it. Still got to say bad squash is pretty solid. Yeah. I'm excited to, to crack open another bad squash soon too. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably still my favorite. Um, this is definitely up there, though. Very easy to drink. Very, again, just like the last one, yep. uh, fruit forward. I really just want to eat more popcorn. I bought all that stuff for you to enjoy yeah, and I'm gonna to eat your heart's content. So dig in. I just want to be annoying in the background By while you do your section. Are, are we going to order food? Yeah, I'm hungry. Do you want to do that now, or do you want to... Let's, let's do that after my segment. Um... Gosh, this episode. <laughs> so episode five, kidnapping, like we mentioned. Um, this section will be structured pretty similarly to how episode three was. We <laughs> Isn't that good? <laughs> Loaded baked potato popcorn. Oh, my God. Um, I think I bought... Oh, no, I, I didn't... So that bag over there is for work. Mm-hmm. I, I bought three bags for work. It was, I think it was buy six and you get one free. Hmm. So they got me with that. Yeah. Um, Can't resist a deal. Right. So I bought uh, a few different kinds that I'm going to take to work and, and uh, let everyone try it there. So, um, yeah, like I said, this this will be pretty similar to how episode three was. We talked about stalking in episode three uh, since it's it's about another crime. It's not necessarily about a, a being or, a you know, a mythical creature. And my notes are pretty extensive. I have almost three pages of notes. So I'm going to try and go through them kind of quick so we're not talking about the background and history forever. So 
Uh, what is kidnapping? Dictionary.com gives a definition uh, as to kidnap is to steal, carry off, or abduct by force or fraud, especially for use as a hostage or to extract ransom. In criminal law, kidnapping is the unlawful transportation, aspartation, which I didn't know was a word, essentially a word for larceny, oh. and confinement of person against their will. Aspartation. Aspartation. It's difficult to pinpoint exactly how or when kidnapping became prevalent, quote unquote, but uh, documented cases exist as early as the 1700s. Hmm. I'll quickly just mention a oh, few of them. the Lindbergh baby. The Lindbergh baby? Mm. Oh, uh, what I mentioned, the link I sent you? I was just talking about the Limber baby because that was like the most notable kidnapping in all of time. I've never heard about that. You've never heard of the Limber baby? I didn't do the research section, so no. Oh, that's I right. You didn't. <laughs> My bad. It's. I think it was the first documented case of a kid being held for ransom or someone being held for ransom, a kidnapping being held for ransom. Interesting. I have a, um, a case here on July 1st, 1874 in Germantown, Pennsylvania. Four-year-old Charlie Ross... This says uh, he became the first American to be kidnapped for ransom that received wide public attention. I don't know who this other person is. I already forgot their name. Charlie Lindbergh. Charlie Lindbergh. Oh, Charlie Ross. Mm-hmm. Connection. Lindbergh baby. Just made it. Um, so that's my note. Yeah. Uh, he was four mm-hmm. and uh, the first American to be kidnapped for ransom. His fate remains unknown yep. and his case is one of the most famous disappearances in U.S. history. Mm-hmm. Um, another one on April 21st, 2003 in Cleveland, Ohio, 16-year-old Amanda Berry was abducted one day before her 17th birthday. She gave birth to a daughter who she conceived during captivity, Oof. and she finally managed to escape after uh, just over 10 years Boy. of captivity. I think a lot of people, have, uh, if, they're, if, they, if they follow kidnapping, they've heard of Amanda Berry. Um, that's a pretty popular one. If you follow kidnapping. If you follow kidnapping, if you're into that like shit. Like I do. <laughs> okay. Reel it back. In March 2017, in uh, Kalioka, Tennessee, I think is that how you say it, uh, high schooler Elizabeth Thomas was abducted by her married 50-year-old health sciences teacher. Oh, Thomas was oh I struggling. Like I've heard of that. Yeah, he, uh, she was struggling with abuse at home, and her offender jumped on the opportunity to begin grooming her before forcing her to escape with him to Northern California. Yeah, that was a pretty popular case that happened relatively recently, again, back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, it did make uh, the news all over. I feel like a lot of people did hear about it. Um, so that's one of the more popular ones as well. I'll quickly go through. Uh, I have 10 different types of kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bunch of different, just like, again, just like the stalkers episode, there's a lot of different ki- kinds of uh, stalkers and victims. There's a lot of different kinds of uh, kidnapping and reasons behind it. So first one is bride or groom kidnapping. It's a practice in which a man abducts the woman he wishes to marry. Oh. The woman is enslaved by her abductor, raped, oh. and taken as his wife. Oh. Later, she may suffer different types of violence. In most nations, bride kidnapping is considered a sex crime rather than a valid form of marriage. Uh, Some types of it may also be seen as falling along the continuum between forced marriage and arranged marriage. So obviously there are countries where this is much more criminalized. And um, And more of a thing. And Yeah. Uh, So I guess in in other countries and other not well-off countries, I guess, where maybe something like this is more prolific, um, it does kind of border that line, kind of ties in with forced marriage and arranged marriage, uh, which is unfortunate. But um, second type, express kidnapping. 
is a method of abduction where a small immediate ransom is demanded. I feel like this is one of the more popular ones, um, one of the more common cases, often by the victim being forced to withdraw money from his or her bank account. <laughs> this type of kidnapping does not require much experience or preparation and is suspected of being committed by inexperienced criminals more often than not. <laughs> There's tiger kidnapping, which is not a kidnapping of a tiger. Okay. I was hoping. Mm-hmm. A tiger kidnapping or tiger robbery involves two separate crimes. The first crime usually involves an abduction of any person or thing someone highly values. Instead of demanding money, the captors demand that a second crime be committed on their behalf. I'm sorry. Kidnapping an item? Uh, sure, yeah. Just call that theft? Uh, or theft of an item. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Burglary, perhaps. Wouldn't really call that kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Second half. Go on. I apologize. The second crime could be anything... From robbery, murder, or planning a bomb, or whatever. Mm-hmm. A crime. A crime. One of those. A person or item held hostage is kept by the captors until their demands are met. The goal of the captors is to have their risky or dirty work performed by another person. Mm-hmm. The victims of a crime like this are less likely, likely to report to authorities since they just committed a crime themselves. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, there's sneaky. the... Uh, Pretty sneaky, sis. <laughs> uh, there's fake kidnapping. Or stage kidnappings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, for these, there could be many different motives behind uh, staging one's own kidnapping. Um, they kind of fall uh, oh, like across the whole map of possibilities. Ransom. Right. Um, this is a cool example I found. Around Christmas of 1992, um, this lady, Joanna Grunside, from Harpenden, England, staged her disappearance just a few days before Christmas. She suffered from bulimia mm-hmm. and sought to avoid the overindulgence of food that went on at Christmas parties. Uh, well, couldn't you just say no and not go to the party? <laughs> so she faked her disappearance. She just got the hell out of there. Apparently, she's in high demand. Because she knew that she couldn't, she couldn't resist. What's her name? Uh, Joanna. Joanna, what are you doing? Just she's tell since, people no. She's since come back, but I think that's kind of. Oh, funny. she's since come back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's hilarious, but it's also just like, I mean, come on, just say. No, nah, thanks. I'll stay I'm, home. I'm this okay. Year. I don't need to come to your Christmas party. <laughs> There's political kidnapping, which is conducted to obtain political concessions from security forces or governments. Mm-hmm. There's Shanghaiing. I have heard of this. Also called crimping. Oh. The practice of kidnapping people to serve as sailors. Oh, yes. By coercion. Got it. It's a very Shanghai. specific one. Shanghaiing. There's extraordinary rendition which is a government-sponsored abduction and extrajudicial transfer of a person from one country to another Mm -hmm. with the purpose of circumventing the former country's laws on interrogation, detention, and torture. Um, I think, uh, unfortunately, this is something that happens in uh, government quite frequently. Unfortunately, the U.S. has been um, responsible for uh, certain cases of this. If you search up extraordinary extraordinary rendition, um, you can read about the times that I guess the U.S. I'm has been involved. I'm never surprised of what we do. Yeah, it kind of sucks. Um, I didn't include all those examples in my notes because I didn't want to make this longer than it needed to be. But um, really the purpose is to, uh, like, if one country has uh, less strict laws um, or, you know, rules or their court is a little more, their court system's much more lenient, they may decide to extradite this person back to the U.S. to charge them with harsher crimes. Yeah. Um, there's forced disappearance. A forced disappearance occurs when a person is secretly abducted or imprisoned by a state or political organization or by a third party with the authorization, support, or acquisitions of a state or political organization. 
followed by a refusal to acknowledge the person's fate and whereabouts with the intent of placing the victim outside the protection of the law. That's pretty scary. There's ransom, which is the practice of holding a prisoner or item to extort money or property to secure their release. And the last one uh, that I talk about is child abduction, which is the unauthorized removal of a minor from the custody of the child's natural parents or legally appointed guardians. It includes two categories. There's parental child abduction, with the, which is the unauthorized custody of a child by a family relative without parental agreement. Which, the, one of the famous cases of that was, um, well, I mean, it was, it's still debated to this day, but everyone assumed it was uh, John Benet Ramsey's family. I've heard about that, but not extensively, so I can't quite recall uh, all the so immediate details. They, John Benet Ramsey's, I think... I can't remember if there was a ransom note, I'm pretty sure, um, and it was believed that it was uh, in the end that her parents did it or something like that, but I can't remember all the details. Hmm. I have to look that up. I, I don't think they ended up ever getting charged, but I think it's one of those things where it's like a really prolific story and everyone's like, hey, mm-hmm. the parents definitely did it. Gotcha. Um, but that's, yeah, parental child abduction. Um that is uh, the most common form of child abduction. Then there's abduction or kidnapping by strangers, which is far less common. Um, common reasons for strangers abducting children may include extortion to elicit a ransom, illegal adoption to raise the child as their own or sell to another parent, uh, human, tra- human trafficking, slavery, or murder. Um, so that's all the uh, types that I was able to find. I'm sure there's there's other kidnappings out there that necessarily don't fall into it one of those categories um it's definitely not black and white but those are the main ones that i was able to find um we're going to talk about briefly just talk about these statistics these are just statistics in the uh, u.s so according to an article on parents.com every 40 seconds in the u.s a child becomes missing or abducted damn at the end of 2017 the national crime information center the ncic missing persons Missing Persons File contained more than 32,000 records of children under the age of 18. Goddamn. According to the Polly Kloss Foundation, and I briefly described what that was, it's a Petaluma, California-based national nonprofit dedicated to the safety of all children, Lovely. the recovery of missing children, and public policies Aww. that keep children safe in their communities. Good. So this foundation uh, reported that 99.8% of children that go missing do come home. So very, very, a fraction of a percent do not. Um, about 90% of missing children have simply misunderstood directions or miscommunicated their plans, are lost, or have run away. Mm. So that's the majority. Oh, my God. Did you ever have, like, a time in your life where you, like, ran away from home? I did once. Um, I like everybody did. But I don't think, uh, I don't think my parents uh, notified the authorities and I was uh, classified as a missing child. But I, I did run away. Don't we all? <laughs> it's like a thing you do. You get so upset. You're like, I'm going to run away. I'm and never then, coming back. Then you go like down the street to the park. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> um, so 90% of uh, those missing children, they either misunderstand something or they're like just lost. they're prone to do. Mm-hmm. Or they run away. 9% are kidnapped by a family member in a custody dispute. Uh, 3%, which I don't understand because now we're at 102%, (laughs) but 
but 3% are abducted by non-family members, usually during the commission of a crime, such as a robbery or sexual assault, where the offender is typically someone the victim knows. That's a very small percentage. I thought it'd be more than, than, um, than that that made up the total amount of missing or abducted children. It's only 3%. And then only about 100 children. Uh, I don't know if this is annually or what. Uh, but only about 100 children or less than 1% are kidnapped. Oh, yeah. It just says right there. Are kidnapped each year in the stereotypical stranger abductions that you hear about on the news. 100 children. Less than 1%. And about half of these 100 children come home. So we're talking approximately 50 children a year. Yeah. Um, unfortunately... You know, something happens to them where they don't make it home. Uh, very, very small amount. The statistics definitely surprised me. Um, not like uh, stalking, uh, where those were a little more um, immediately believable, I guess. These are definitely, I, I wouldn't have guessed that um, 99.8 of all children end up coming home. Uh, but that, again, that's just the U.S. Other countries have a much higher rate of kidnappings and abductions than the U.S. does. In 2014... The top three countries with the highest rates of kidnapping for ransom were Mexico, India, and Pakistan. Damn. Uh, Mexico's been up there the last few years, too. <laughs> so I guess they've they've had a lot of issues with uh, kidnapping over there since, uh, I think, about the mid-90s, mid to late-90s. And then my last little section here is about pirates. <gasps> mm-hmm. Okay, I'm excited. <laughs> uh, because uh, piracy, not uh, not like electronic piracy the way most of us think of piracy but legitimate piracy is still uh, actually pretty prevalent um privates or i'm sorry not privates <laughs> um uh pirates excuse me pirates are still a thing um they're not just a, a thing that we um shit. everyone knows pirates are still a thing i mean when i think of pirates i think of pirates of the caribbean oh, i think of uh, i don't that, I think uh, of those dope ass movies um, with pirates, and I think they're just pirates. A, a thing of fiction. I didn't. Um, maybe it's just a surprise to me. Then um, they're they're still a thing. It's not very prolific. It's not super prolific, but um, definitely still an issue uh, worldwide. The IMB Piracy Reporting Center recorded 201 incidents of maritime piracy and armed robbery in 2018, and that's up 180 from 2017 so i guess since 2017 it's it's been increasing uh the gulf of guinea remains increasingly dangerous for seafarers reports of attacks in waters between the ivory coast and the democratic republic of congo more than doubled in 2018 accounting for all six hijackings worldwide 13 of the 18 ships fired upon 100 130 of the 141 hostages taken globally and 78 of the 83 seafarers kidnapped for ransom. So Interesting that the statistics are so specific because of how often it doesn't happen. Yeah, Uh, and I'm convinced uh, piracy as it exists today is just like the movie Captain Phillips with Tom Hanks. (laughs) It's exactly like that. I have not seen the movie. um, But but it's exactly like that. But that's exactly what pirates are like now. Okay, got it. Less like Pirates of the Caribbean, more like Captain Phillips. Okay, got it. Thank you, Tom Hanks. Yeah, I am the captain now. Just had to say it. So, three pages of notes. I think that was the quickest I ever got through that was one of fast. these sections. Good for you, because we need to order food. Yeah. Well, you know what's, what's crazy? They have... Um, 
Uh, Jack. I was talking to Jack, um, I think, the earlier. Boy. Yeah, the boy. Uh, I think earlier today or yesterday. I can't remember. My days are all blending together. But um, he actually recently went to Michigan also. Mm-hmm. Um, and he visited a oh, brewery. Oh, that's right. He went with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. He, he went to a brewery. And he got this uh, green tea beer. Ooh. It's like a beer infused with green tea. Weird. Which doesn't sound all that great immediately. But apparently it's a it's becoming a thing, like matcha beer. Oh, that's like weird. People infusing tea in with beer. And he said it was really good. So I guess uh, next opportunity next opportunity I get to uh, try some. I have to. You've got you've added four things to this cart. What are you getting? Jesus Christ. What are you getting? <laughs> I'm high. <laughs> <laughs> What's your excuse? Uh, done. Food has been ordered. Oh, let me put my headset on. Anyways, your okay. section, going to my section. So mm-hmm. I get to do the story. Yep, that's so, how this show yeah, works. That's how it works. <laughs> <laughs> As you all know. Mm-hmm. So this is the kidnapping of J.C. Dugard. Dug, Duggard? Dugard? J.C. I've heard about her. Oof. I've heard of her. I feel like you're gonna you're gonna reach a point in your story and be like, oh, yep, yep, you will. I you know this one. Will. Mm-hmm. So she was kidnapped June tenth, nineteen ninety one. Oh, yep, yep. Oh, I know this one. <laughs> you're so full of shit. <laughs> By Philip and Nancy Garrido, she was eleven year old, eleven years old at the time of her kidnapping, and she was kidnapped for eighteen years. I think it's J.C. Dugard. Okay, I like Duggard. Okay, I think it's Dugard. Okay, Dugard, that's the first one I said. Wow. Yeah, so she was kidnapped for 18 years. She was kidnapped. It was one of the longest kidnappings, I think, in American history. I mean. Wow. I can't imagine that. Yeah. On the day of the kidnapping, so June 10th, 1991, Dugard's mother, who worked as a typesetter at a print house, left for work early in the day. 11-year-old Dugard, wearing her favorite all-pink outfit, walked up the hill from her house against traffic to catch the school bus. When she was halfway up the hill, a car approached her. She thought that the man in the car would ask for directions. When he rolled down the window, he shocked her unconscious with a stun gun and abducted her. Oh, geez. Yes. Um, so it was him and his girlfriend. So it's actually believed that his girlfriend, Nancy, which I, it says girlfriend, but then it also says that they share the last name. So I'm just going to say girlfriend because that's mm-hmm. what it says. Um, that Nancy scouted JC as a prize for Philip. I couldn't get the word out. Oh, okay. Yep, yep. Now I remember this. Because he's a pedophile. Mm-hmm. So, she lived with her mother and her stepfather and her half-sister, who was an infant at the time. JC did. Okay. Uh, so, Carl Proben, which is her stepfather, witnessed the cap- uh, kidnapping occur and attempted to pursue the kidnappers on a bike. Oh, gosh. But was unable to catch up to the vehicle. Initial suspects were her stepfather and her biological father, but her biological father didn't even know she existed. Like, he didn't know that he had sired a kid with her mother. And dude didn't get a license plate on the car? Nope. Always get a license plate, okay? Okay. It was also witnessed by several of her schoolmates. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, her father, her biological father and her stepfather both were cleared after taking um, a couple polygraph tests. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So by the time that the Garritos... Garritos... Garritos? Garritos. Those are tasty. Garritos. I love me a Garrito. <laughs> I love a good Garrito. Garritos. Arrived at their home, 
In an unincorporated area in Contra Costa County, they had removed Dugard's clothing, leaving only a butterfly-shaped ring that she hid from them for the next 18 years. Taking him, her from their car onto their property, Garrido placed a blanket over Dugard's head and ushered her into the area of his backyard where sheds and storage units stood, placing her inside a tiny one that was soundproofed. After he finished raping her for the first time, he left her bolted shut, warning her that Doberman pinchers were outside and trained to attack her if she tried to escape. Garrido would visit her in the structure, bringing her food and milkshakes and talking to her. So there's more details that go into it, the actual captivity of it. So she was raped multiple, multiple times and actually mm. had children with this man, two mm. children, which I have to remember how old they are now because it was 18 years of kidnapping. And I think she was 14 or so when she had her first kid. Oh, yeah. Wow. Mm hmm. And they tortured her in a lot of ways. So Nancy would try to get close to her and be sweet to her. And at first, JC wanted to win this woman's favor over because I'm guessing she's a child. She goes for the mother. She's like, this woman is matronly. Maybe she'll Uh take care of me. And in the end, Nancy would just torture her or Mm -hmm. be cruel. It was actually quoted from JC that Nancy was one of the cruelest, most evil women she's ever met. That's kind of messed up because that makes me think of... um I thought of the like the whole good cop bad cop thing, mm-hmm. where I'm imagining like the the man. What's his name? Philip. Yeah, Philip. He's obviously the bad cop, and then she finds some solace in what's her name? Nancy. Nancy. She finds some solace in Nancy and and looks to her for comfort. Um, and that does a lot of a lot to someone psychologically. Mm-hmm. The constant shifting. Back and forth. That's why people use it for interrogation. It's like the whole good cop, bad cop thing. It can definitely get to you, especially if you're in a situation where you feel vulnerable yeah. or you know in distress. So that that sucks to to hear that that she, after all, what she was trying to do to get closer with her, she just ended up torturing her. You know. Yeah, it wasn't seven months. It was it was about seven months into her captivity that um, Philip actually introduced her to Nancy. Oh, okay. So she was kidnapped for quite a while, even though they said that it was believed that Nancy scouted for her. Mm-hmm. She was aware of the kidnapping the entire time and took place in the torture of her. When she first met her, she brought her like chocolate milk and like I think a stuffed animal to try and get her to like her. And that's when mm-hmm. JC originally was like, I want to. Mm-hmm. get closer to this woman as like a form of protection but okay. then she'd flip a script and be abusive and cruel and twisted got it um but i think like the first time they introduced themselves to her they like kept apologizing to her and like crying i don't know if it was like a guilty conscience or that's what it sounds like mm-hmm. yeah maybe immediately regretting what they did but then knowing that they can't really turn back now yeah pretty much um so philip in that time went to jail for failing a drug test within that time Mm -hmm. in her 18 years of captivity. Um, And in that time, Nancy replaced um, Philip as her Mm -hmm. kidnapper or jailer. Um, She actually brought her kittens, like pet kittens. No. She didn't kill them or anything in front of her. No, nothing like that. Okay. But the kittens would mysteriously vanish. She would like she had like a little journal that she like wrote about the kittens oh. in, and um, yeah, and they would mysteriously disappear. Oh. Yeah, it's very sad. <laughs> um, it was thirty uh, thirty four months into her captivity that uh, 
uh, Garrido began to allow Dugard freedom from her handcuffs for periods of time, though they kept her locked in a bolted room. On April 3rd, 1994, Easter Sunday, they gave her cooked food for the first time. Wow. Yes. Jeez. Yes. Uh, they informed her that they believed that she was pregnant. Dugard, 13 years old and four and a half months pregnant, had learned the link between sex and pregnancy from television. While Dugard was pregnant with her first daughter, Terry Probin was holding rummage sales, so that's her mom, uh, was holding rummage sales to pay for private investigators and distributing a million flyers across the United States featuring a sketch artist's image of a teenage Dugard because she'd been missing for some time now mm-hmm. since she was 11. Mm-hmm. Um, her, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm having a day. I think we both are. So when Dugard was 14 on August 8th, 18th, 1994, her daughter was born. Her second daughter was mm. born when Dugard was 17 on November 13th, 1997. So she had two. Wow. Uh, du- uh, Dugard took care of her daughters using information learned from television, working to protect them from Garrido, who continued his enraged rants and lectures, which I was I forgot to add on. He was like a religious nut and mm. had founded like a church online. Uh, and he would, like, try and convince people that he could control sound with his mind. I think I remember that vaguely. Yeah. I'm that's, pretty uh, sure. She wrote a book, and then I'm also um, pretty sure that there was a documentary about it. Hmm. Or kind of like one of those, um, what are they called? Uh, Lifetime movies. Okay. I feel like that was something that occurred. Sure. Um. They also, they're also, they were just living in their house at the time. So she actually got to know neighbors and people who were living around the the area. And there were people who reported meeting her and her not giving them any indication of anything that she was in trouble, that she was kidnapped of who she was. Just maybe felt like this was such a normal thing for her or was just slowly starting to subconsciously accept that she was the not position away. that she was in. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so she would like answer the door um, and like get the mail. Hmm. Like she became a part of the household. Wow. Yes. Um, but she met their neighbor, um, Patrick McQuaid. Uh, he recalls meeting her as a child um, through a fence in the Garrido's yard soon after the kidnapping. She originally identified herself as JC, but then at that point, Philip Garrido came out and took her back inside. Um, and she was not allowed to use her. They have, she had aliases. And at that point, they installed like a huge fence in their backyard and like, mm. like a ton of trees. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they homeschooled her and she homeschooled her daughters through wow. television. It was wild. Yeah, that's crazy. I, it's terrifying. 18 years of that. 18 years. Your entire life, basically, as a child to young adult. She was not found until August 26, 2009, um, where she basically... Oh, I was going to go into his religious thing. So he has a blog associated with he calls, what he calls God's Desire Church. Um, he claims in this blog that he has the power to control sound with his mind. Mm-hmm. And he would ask people uh, to sign testimonials saying that they witnessed him control sound <laughs> with his mind. He also developed a device for others to witness this phenomenon, mm-hmm. which I would love to see this device. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Uh, during 2009, it's believed that her living quarters were in a secondary backyard behind Garrido's house. The private area of the yard, which included sheds, one of which was soundproofed and used as a recording studio in which Garrido recorded himself singing religious-themed and romantic country songs. Two homemade tents and what had been described as camping-style shower and toilet. It was surrounded by tall trees and... A, a, a tarp, tarp, tarpaulin, tarp, 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 something, tarpaulin, tarpaulin. <laughs> what? What word are you even trying to say right now? Don't worry about <laughs> it. God, you're so judgy. The first time you ever saw that word. It was the first it's, time uh, I ever saw that word. I completely ignored that when I, I was know. doing my work. Gosh. Look. Well, we'll never figure out what that is. Nope. Well, Surrounded I, by something. Actually, I could just Google it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Click that. Google real quick. A tarplin? Tarp. Tarplin. Or tarp. <laughs> is a large sheet of strong, flexible, water-resistant, or waterproof material. Okay, it's a tarp. Yeah. <laughs> a tarpaulin. <laughs> tarplin. Look here, mister. <clears throat> if you had said tarp, oh, uh, I would have understood. Excuse me. I'm so, pardon me. Uh, I'm going to find more of that in my notes. Do, do, do. Oh, right. So her reappearance after years of being raped, tortured, mm-hmm. is subjected to country songs sung mm-hmm. by a Gosh, pedophile. Awful. Yeah. So on October, or October, I keep thinking about vacation. August 24th, 2009, Garrido visited the San Francisco office of the Federal Bureau of Investigation and left a four-page essay containing his ideas about religion and sexuality, suggesting that he had discovered a solution to problem behaviors like his past crimes. The essay described how he had cured his criminal sexual behaviors and how that information could be used to insist in, assist in curing other sexual predators by controlling human impulses that drive humans com- to commit dysfunctional acts. On the same day, he went to a University of California police office with Dugard's two daughters seeking permission to hold a special event on campus as a part of his God's Desire program. He, spe- he spoke with special events manager Lisa Campbell. She perceived his behavior as erratic and felt that the girls were sullen and submissive. She asked Garrido to make an appointment for the next day, which he did, leaving his name in the process. Officer Allie Jacobs ran a background check and discovered that Garrido was a registered sex offender on federal parole for kidnapping and rape. He had actually kidnapped someone um, prior to kidnapping JC mm-hmm. and raped her as well. And I believe it was a town or two over from her. Mm. Um, for kidnapping and rape, Garrido and the girls returned for their appointment at 2 p.m. the following day, and Jacobs attended the meeting. Mm-hmm. The girls appeared to, to Jacobs to be pale, as if they had not been exposed to sunlight, and she felt that their behavior was unusual. Garrido's several parole violations were a basis for an arrest, so Jacobs phoned the parole officer to relay her concerns, leaving a report on voicemail. Mm-hmm. After hearing Jacobs' recorded message, two parole agents drove to the Garrido's house later that day. Upon arrival, they handcuffed him and searched the house, finding only his wife Nancy and his elderly mother at home. Then the parole agents drove him back to the parole office. En route, Garrido said that he that the girls who had accompanied him to UC Berkeley were the daughters of a relative and that he had permission from their parents to take them to the university. Although a month before, the parole officer had barred Garrido from associating with minors. And although Berkeley was 40 miles from the Garrido's Contra Costa residence, in excess to in excess of the 25-mile limit, he was allowed to travel from his home without his parole agent's permission. Mm-hmm. So he was getting into all kinds of trouble, doing shit he wasn't supposed to be doing, kidnapping people. Interesting how all this is kind of coming together, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, afterwards, 
they, after reviewing his file with a, a supervisor, they drove Garrido home and ordered him to report to the office again the next day to discuss his visit to UC Berkeley and to follow up on the office's concerns about the two girls. Mm -hmm. Garrido arrived at the police office, uh, parole office, in Concord, California on August 26th with his wife, the two girls, and Dugard, who was introduced as Alyssa. The parole officer decided to separate Garrido from the women and girls to obtain their identification. Mm -hmm. Maintaining her false identity as Alyssa, Dugard told investigators that the girls were her daughters. Although she... Oh, I forgot to mention. When she had her kids, uh, Philip Dugard told her to, as a way to, I think, pacify Nancy, that her daughters were actually Nancy's and to call Nancy mother and that Dugard was actually their sister. Oh, okay. Yeah, so they they did that for a brief period of time. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Dugard told investigators that the girls were her daughters, although she indicated that she was aware that Garrido was a convicted sex offender. She stated that he was a changed man, a great person, and was good with her kids. Comments that were echoed by the two girls. When pressed for details that would confirm her identity, Dugard became extremely defensive and agitated, demanding to know why she was being interrogated and subsequently stated that she was a battered wife from Minnesota and hiding from her abusive husband. The parole officer eventually called the Concord police. Upon arrival of a police sergeant, Garrido admitted he had kidnapped and raped her. Raped her. Only after this did Dugard identify herself as J.C. Dugard. It was later suggested that Dugard showed signs of Stockholm Syndrome. In a 2016 interview with Diane Sawyer of ABC News, Dugard stated that her compassion and willingness to interact with her captor were only means of surviving. Mm -hmm. Yep. The phrase Stockholm Syndrome, this is a quote from Dugard, Stockholm Syndrome implies that hostages cracked by terror and abuse become affectionate towards their captors. Well, it's really, it's degrading, you know, having my family believe that I was in love with this captor and wanted to stay with him. Right. I mean, this is so far from the truth that it makes me want to throw up. I adapted to survive my circumstances. Mm -hmm. Repeatedly during this segment of the interview, she stated that as a way to survive and hoping to end abuse, many victims are forced to sympathize with their captors. Aftermath, Garrido and his wife were placed under arrest. An FBI agent put Dugard on the telephone with her mother, Terry Probin. Dugard has retained custody of her children. That is... That that's is, it? That's it. Oh, jeez. Okay. I'm not, I don't do follow up on it. <laughs> she became an author and an activist. I was um, I was mixing this case up with uh, another one, but I I do recall, um, I do recall this kidnapping case. It is pretty famous. Mm -hmm. Um, and I I didn't know that it was actually the longest, um. Or one of the longest one kidnapping the longest. Case, cases out there, um, and it's such uh, a miracle that she's alive today. It says she's four, she's forty years old now. Mm -hmm. um, that is insane. And I'm trying to imagine how how do you go on? It's it's got to be immensely difficult trying to go on and lead a normal quote unquote normal life after. Well, after 18 years yeah, such of a being long held time. kidnapped, yep. of being held captive, what is a normal life? Because she was kidnapped mm -hmm. when she was 11. Those mm -hmm. are your formative years. Yeah. Yep. You know, how do you integrate back into society where, I mean, granted, they took her out after a certain amount of time. I'm not like being like, yeah. they weren't that bad. They took her out. Right. I'm saying she had exposure to the real world outside of their house. She had TV. They said that she wasn't allowed to watch the news. Um, but she could still watch TV shows. Mm -hmm. 
So she had exposure to what was going on in the world around her. I can't, I can't imagine how much. Yeah. But. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is unfortunate. Um, being, I, I feel like a lot of victims go, must have to deal with that as being kidnapped at that age when you're, like you said, they're formative years. You're still developing. You're still, that's the, the time of your life where you should be learning and absorbing as much information yeah. as you can and to be confined and restricted in a way like that and, and not knowing that that's not normal and yep. then and then suffering from uh, those effects of Stockholm Syndrome, you know, doesn't, doesn't help either. Um, that's it, such a, such a relief that, um, and it, it's just wild to, to imagine how everything came together like that is like how, how the police kind of picked up on those subtle little cues and, um, you know, started to investigate further. And, um, again, such a relief that they were able to, to do that when they did, um, 18 years is... I know. It's insane. I know, um, what was it, Amanda Berry, who I mentioned in my segment, that was about 10 years, I think, 10 or 11 years that mm-hmm. she was um, held captive. And I thought that was, I mean, wow. I Yeah, I was, uh, I've heard of this case before. I was mixing it up with a different one. Um, the one I was thinking of was, uh, I, I wish I could remember the victim's name. I believe it was a girl, but she was kidnapped by the same thing. It was a, a husband and wife, mm-hmm. and they forced her to live, I guess, in this makeshift... De- oh, hang on. Uh, real quick, I was saying the, the case that I, I mixed this up with was... Um, it was a husband and wife. They abducted this girl, and they forced her to live in this makeshift DIY sort of box underneath their bed oh and she was held captive in a box and then her head was in another box it was just some weird fucked up shit um i don't remember if i uh first heard about the case on uh, another true crime podcast i listened to um but yeah I, i think it's it's it blows my mind um to, to hear stuff like this, but oh, it is. She is the longest abduction in the history of the world as of right now. She is, yeah, eighteen years. Wow. Okay. And two months. Jeez, and she's alive to tell the tale. That's incredible. Well, I hope they're. Um, I hope her offenders are still in jail. I imagine that they would be. Are they still alive? Oof. Terry Probin. That's her mother. Yep, that's her mom. Philip Garrido. And Nancy Garrido. Uh, yeah, he is still alive. 69 years of age. He's still in jail. Good. Piece of shit. Yep. Um, well. We got food. Yeah. Our food came in. What'd you think of the beer? So we gotta, yeah, we gotta wind this episode down. Now. I'm hungry. <laughs> Paige wants her chicken. Uh, I really liked the beer. Again, it was I very. I thought it was good. It was very surprising. We both finished it when you were. Yeah, when you were talking. That's that's a milestone for you. Yeah, it is really, you. isn't it? When you were talking about it and how hoppy it was, and I knew it was a pale ale going into it, but um, and I definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, definitely very very easy to drink. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised by 
the ABV on it being as low as it is. I agree. Um, that also contributes to it being very sippable and mm-hmm. enjoyable and really not harsh or I, I didn't really sense a whole lot of bitterness from it whatsoever. I thought it was tasty. Even though everything said it was hop forward, but um, very good. Definitely one of my faves so far next to Bad Squatch, which I might have another one of with our food. Trying to think, I don't, I don't have any, uh, any, any new things to add or or things to remind just our listeners of. That's it. Um, yeah, we we could use some stories um, if you've got any. Please email beerandfearcast at gmail with a beer suggestion of any instances of hauntings or a scary instance or a moment with the paranormal. Pretty much any story that we would tell normally on this show of a topic that we would pick ourselves. Mm -hmm. If you have a story that kind of relates in any way whatsoever to the kind of stuff that we talk about, feel free to send it our way. Again, like Paige said, with a beer suggestion so that we can enjoy your beer along with telling your story and shouting you on the show. Um, We look forward to sharing those stories. Yeah. It it looks like it's going to be October first at this point yeah. i don't know that we have enough material right now to release one next week uh but that's fine we'll keep uh bringing in new episodes every week uh we are on social media facebook twitter instagram i don't know if i mentioned that last week but we're on instagram now yeah i'll start most posting more pictures of my animals on there <laughs> it'll just exclusively be pages animals they're cute and um and we're on reddit as well um and then we're pretty much on every single platform um that uh, podcasts are available on wherever you, know you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, we're on Spotify now. Uh, from this point on, every episode that we post, we'll, we'll have a link to our Spotify as well. Mm-hmm. So you can listen on there, regardless if you're an Apple user or a Samsung user. Um, but wherever you like to listen to podcasts, chances are we're on there. Just search us up, Beer and Fear. And our website is on Podbean, beerandfearcast.podbean.com, mm-hmm. where all of our <laughs> supplemental information and and links to everything like that will be on that website as well. I don't think we had any pictures this time around. Anything that uh, anything that we no, referenced we won't have or anything, anything like to that. Post. So nothing this episode. But if you're listening to our previous episodes, you can view all of our media and photos that we referenced throughout the episodes on that website as well. And Paige mentioned our email. Um, obviously, fearcast at gmail Right. Send your stories. But if you just want to say what up or you know. Just send your thoughts or suggestions or comments or whatever. Feel free to shoot us an email there as well. Um, but that was episode five. Let's eat some chicken. We're going to eat some chicken now. And uh, we'll have an episode for you next week as well. Be sure to tune in. The topic is to be determined. Have a good